Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. I'm Abby Hoover. In partnership with the Kansas City Museum, as they prepare to reopen this fall, we're interviewing those who have been part of the museum's journey. This week, we're sharing the second half of an interview between publisher Michael Bushnell, former Parks and Recreation Director Mark McHenry, and former city architect Eric Bosch, who have been instrumental in the museum's renovation project from the beginning. Eric, as the city architect assigned to this project during your tenure with the city, which was, correct me if I'm wrong, 2005 to roughly 2019. Pretty close. Um, walk us through the design process for transforming what was once, you know it and I know it was a cavernous structure with static exhibits to the space that we're sitting in now, the newly renovated space. Yeah, I think that the planning really has proven that that's what needed to happen. We need to really get some... Uh, professionals involved that really knew what they were doing. And international architects, probably every project I worked on here, they were part of. And bringing them on board, because they had documented this building, they documented any facility part of the building, the artifacts, the door, down to the doorknobs. I mean, they knew everything about this building. And probably bringing them on and understanding the path that we were going down and how we were we're not forgetting what we did before, what was here before in the type of museum, but that's a different, um, different avenue we were taking. And so getting them on board. And then the next thing is that I had started working on the city on um, construction manager at risk and several projects were been very successful that we did. And I brought that piece in to, to and convince Mark this was the right way to, to do things. And I think that now the city is doing those a lot of projects that way, but that allowed us to bring in um, a selection process based on qualification base. So we had many people in the, some of the big contractors in town bring a team, and it came down to, um, I think, the passion that Jay Dunn had to really want to do this project. And then there was, a, there was a number involved, too, when we did the selection process, but they came out way ahead of anybody else. So then we had the architect and the contractor in the early days of the project, working side by side. We took the carriage house, turned it into a space where we could um, have workforce on one side and, and the collaboration and meetings on the other side. So there was many times that we would just talk about the construction, how it was going to go together, and the architects listened to that. And then the architects had this vision, and the contractors would say, well, I don't know how to build that. So I think that was that was true piece right there that, turned the point on this was the right path we were going down. One, you would, at that same process, would have involved planners from the Parks Department mm -hmm. in, in there, too. You were, Mark, your, your folks yeah, were we part were of that mix. Too, and I, it kind of goes back, and I touched on earlier about Liberty Memorial, you know, and we had, uh, we had Jay and Dunn involved over there as well. And uh, with Steve Aben was your architect, the original part of it. And a uh, little trivia, that was a award that he won for the original design at Liberty Memorial on a national level. I mean, it was the top award in the country that he got for the Liberty Memorial at the time. Really? So no longer in business. Uh, ASA Architects is what it was at one time, and uh, him and Kite Singleton were in business mm -hmm. at one time. But that was a pretty significant thing. And again, Steve was persnickety. I think everybody kind of knew Steve being persnickety. But he was very detail-oriented. And so I think, you know, we, we did it there and worked together on that. Of course, we had Ralph Applebaum involved, mm -hmm. who was a national almost a superstar when it comes to exhibits. You know, the Holocaust in Washington, D.C. was one of his projects, for example. So I think we saw that, and then Eric was able to convince city government to do more of that, because sometimes city government was hesitant to do that. 
the other thing that I think, and I think what convinced us on Jay Dunn is, you know, they did the blog gallery at the Nelson, mm-hmm. which is first class all the way. Uh, this is Darcy and the team. If you met Darcy, who's the superintendent. Mm-hmm. She also was the group that did the uh, exhibits on the expansion over the National War One Museum, too. Oh, okay. The one where they have their temporary gallery. Right. So you, and we had another contractor, I think we talked to a little bit about this, that wasn't done. But at the end of the day, that's it. You get the good architect, you get the contractor. And I, I met international architects at Tellier when I was doing the zoo project years ago. We hired them to do some work at the zoo, and they were great to work with. And uh, they've done well over the years. And they're not a huge firm, but you get Elizabeth, you get Majid, mm-hmm. and you got Andy, of course, involved now on their team. And uh, you're not talking to some big firm, and then you're getting some you know, junior associate to work with. You're talking to the owners. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we really have liked to work yeah. with AIA. Yeah. Um, throw this out on the table for both of you. How do you think the Kansas City Museum project can inform other city-related museum projects and what lessons could help other institutions? Well, you know, obviously collaborating with the other institutions are important. I mean, we, for example, we've had some items out of our collection that have been over at the Nelson, for example, over the years. Uh, obviously, working with the National War One Museum is important. We know that, uh, you know, Doran Card, God bless him, and I don't you know Doran. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of reminds me of Denise. I mean, they're very possessive <laughs> of those collections. And, but they're good. I mean, they, the two of them working together is, is, is important, I think. Um, and, you know, again, I mentioned the Nelson. I mean, you know, you've got to work closely with what's going on at 18th and Vine. You know, we we almost got involved in that. Mm-hmm. They were having their issues down there. Um, and, you know, remember, I remember that. Remember the deal with the, the festival and the money and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. I had a lot of conversations with the city manager about that, and, you know, it's all changed. And uh, I think Miss Phillips is down there right now, if I'm not mistaken. Is that who's down there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they've – but, you know, 18th and Vine um, – the uh, Black Archives of Made America, I think Dr. Williams is doing pretty good. That's mm-hmm. another one of those groups that we had to kind of lift back up. Well, they were yeah. within they hours. Were, oh, yeah, they were ready to close. Yes. Yeah, and so and I think they're doing pretty good with Dr. Williams down there. And uh, and then, of course, you've got you know Bob Kendrick and the baseball team. Mm-hmm. And we got some connections over there. And so the list kind of goes on. You know, and so collaboration with those are important without competing. Uh, you know, we've got the Terrell Project that uh, Anna Bree's been talking about up here has another partnership opportunity associated with it. So I think that collaboration with that, because you've got to share. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, all boats rise and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I guess the tide goes up. Is that how that works or something? A rising tide floats all boats. You got yeah. it. <laughs> I knew it was something like that. And, uh, but, yeah, they just work together in collaboration. Eric? Yeah, I, I see, it's just hard to believe that I worked on this in museums, but working on what Mark said about World War One, that was mm-hmm. a great experience. and and understanding the value of artifacts and that some artifacts have been in boxes and hidden away from the public. And mm-hmm. I think that maybe, especially 18 Divine, since I've worked on the whole district for a couple of years, trying to boost up the Jazz Museum, yeah. trying to boost up the Baseball Museum, and trying to get the whole district back together, mm-hmm. that maybe they'll respect their artifacts better. Because mm-hmm. currently, probably to this day, the artifacts are not protected as well mm-hmm. as the Nelson, as the Kemper, as Kansas City Museum. And, and maybe they'll realize what they really have. Because that's the comments I always hear, is that mm-hmm. museums don't realize what they have until somebody from out of town comes and sees them. Mm-hmm. And then they go, 
do you know what you have here? Mm-hmm. And they, and I'm like, they realize it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really hoping this will spread this uh, enthusiasm for this museum. And, uh, you know, when people come that are citizens of Kansas city and had no idea this existed, mm-hmm. that they'll see that, especially at 18th and Vine, that really needs a lot of help and they'll, um, start respecting what they have. How do you, how do you do that? Talking about 18th Vine, how do you lift that up? What, what kind of partnerships? And I'm completely off the paper. <laughs> um, well, you're, you're, he's going to answer the question, but I will say that they were going through some challenges and Eric took some leadership down there and tried to pull it all together. You know, and they had some stuff that you were working on for about two years, weren't mm-hmm. you? trying to pull that whole group together, a lot of diverse viewpoints on there. And I, I attended several of those meetings too, but yeah, that was a challenge. And you, yeah, it's, it's um, and it. the challenge is mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. so much money has been spent on 18th divine and people think there's nothing to show for it, except what you see on the news. Mm-hmm. And what we're always told that the government should get in and do infrastructure and set some bases and get out of the way. And I think that's the problem that the city has. They can't get out of the way. Um, I mean, a little project we put in, we put a whole new water line in, which was probably the last time they had a water line was 1800s. Mm-hmm. And then we put all new streetscaping in, all new lights in, and really made the place look really nice. And then the museum had its problems. I think the baseball is really going to go to a different place now since it partnership with the Monarchs baseball team, the new baseball team. And um, I think it's just going to take leadership. And we had two council members that lived down there and, they didn't know what they were living in. They didn't know they had this in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to take somebody internally in Kansas City to realize this, pretty much like Cleaver did. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Cleaver was mayor and council member, he stepped up and said, we've got to have a jazz museum and it has to be here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a company like a Cordish or somebody like that to come in and say, we're going to we're going to make this better because that's not what we want. Um, we want the Roberts building to come back. We want the um, first bank savings alone that in that community owned by a, a, a black banker. Uh, we want the um, buildings to be restored. And, and the Boone Theater is what I worked on. And it's an amazing shape now. It's um, Adam Jones was a contractor. Mm-hmm. We turned that thing around and it's very stable now and ready for a tenant. But it's going to take the right person to come in there and make sure we don't ruin um, the, the architecture. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamaica's Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shamaicasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shamaica's, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. KC Care Health Center cares for more than 19,000 underserved and uninsured Kansas City residents. This year, KC Care celebrates 50 years of providing compassionate, patient-centered health care to everyone who needs it. Learn more about KC Care at kccare.org. KC Care, the heart of community health care. And now back to the newscast. I think that the, the, I think there's some very stark parallels that you can take from 
from this project and apply mm-hmm. in other places because yeah. so many, so many times, right. it's, you know, I still talk to people that, that say, well, I didn't know that was even up there. Where is that? And you say, Oh, the Kansas City Museum, the one on Gladstone Boulevard. Oh, the Nelson? No. Exactly. And so I think what's happening here obviously can be, you know, there's, mm-hmm. you're right. There are things that can be transplanted and can work in other locations, other museums across the city. You know, you don't want to use the word jealous, but maybe they will be. I, I hope so. Yeah. And I said that. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing, uh, scripted anyway, with the Kansas City Museum reopening this fall after a three-year closure uh, and the completion of a $22 million restoration renovation project, what are your thoughts as we herald a new museum uh, as a regional, cultural, and historical destination. And I'll throw it open to... I, I mean, Eric will jump in here, too, is I'm very excited. I mean, I see it as a, as a win-win at this point, but we've got a ways to go. I mean, still got to get open. And, uh, but, no, it's definitely a, a attraction that people are going to come to and appreciate it. And, uh, you know, one thing I always say about when you visit a museum, do your homework before you come to the museum. I think it's important to go to the website and learn a little bit about the museum uh, and then find something that really focuses your attention. I mean, you know, this is a chronological exhibit. So, you know, think about a time frame. You know, think about Casey in the 30s or the 40s or whatever, and then kind of zero in on that a little bit. I mean, come and see the entire attraction and run. You can see it, you know, from the very beginning. Spend time that you can, you know, comprehend the entire exhibit. But think about something that really captures your attention. Maybe it's something your grandparents are involved in, something that you knew about or heard about or whatever, you know. And that way you've done a little bit of homework before you get here so that you really kind of know what to expect and, uh, and really appreciate what it has to offer. And, of course, we, you know, we're here in a, in a lauditorium. We've got a classroom. You get the kids up here, you know, the school kids. I mean, that was in the past. You know, the young folks need to come up here and learn about the history of the city. And nobody else does that. I mean, every museum around here, you know, whether we're talking national or one, I mean, it's military history. There's a KC component, but it's not the history of Kansas City. Uh-huh. You know, gorgeous location. I mean, you can see Kansas City from up here, too. And so... You know, just uh, learn what you've got to appreciate it and uh, what resources have gone into it. This is a great use of bond dollars. You know, we put some bond dollars into it. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those projects that I think helped sell it, you know, uh, the bond issue with roads and bridges and sewers. But obviously this facility, we have the animal shelter in there, too, which is a great project itself. But uh, I think people will really come up here and really appreciate it and, and come back. There's changing in programming and programming and programming because, a lot of what happens, you know, you, you want to be here, but you also can learn about, what, but you can also special events, you know, you know, activities, rent the place out. I mean, there's just a lot you can do. So it needs to be seven days a week, activities, activities, programs. And I know Anna Marie's working on that, doing a great job. Paul's doing a great job. And so just keep it vibrant, keep it relevant, keep it out there in the Northeast News about something going on. <laughs> nice plug. About what's happening and something going on and just... Just keep the keep the because once you open the door, the door is open. Mm-hmm. You got to keep the momentum going because that's the key to it, and uh, that takes the sustainability and that takes you know Anna Marie's leadership and the foundation to keep keep plugging away. Yeah. I would say on that, um, this is a destination now, and you see some museums in other cities that mm-hmm. have accomplished that, and it's not easy to do. That I might just come up for lunch one day. Or come up in the morning and have coffee. And I think when people will be able to come here from Kansas City and they'll say, well, I've been there, but no, you haven't. Because there's so many things to see 
and they just put a new exhibit in, or they just rotated some artifacts that haven't been seen. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's where some museums get a little um, concerned is they're stagnant. And this is totally going to be fluid. There's going to be so many things happening, different times of the year. Um, you know, even even during the day, there might be a change that you'd want to be able to participate. In. You might come in the morning and come back in the evening. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think what Mark said is exactly right. You're going to bring uh, people up here to learn about a certain era of Kansas City and something that might interest them, uh, whether it's relatives or they wanted to explain to their kids that they hung out at a certain place and that exhibit's going to be shown now about mm-hmm. something they did when they were in Kansas City. And I think it's going to have a lot of impact on children. I think you're going to see uh, once schools are back open and going again, I think you're going to see a rotation of, of field trips to the museum. Mm-hmm. I know that's one of the things that Anna Maria is real excited about is rekindling the education component and reaching out to those school kids because mm-hmm. it's it's not just about a bear and a buffalo and an igloo mm-hmm. anymore. It's going to be so much more mm-hmm. in regards to that. And as a local historian, one of the things that I'm most excited about is that rotating neighborhoods exhibit. And yes, very important. We, we're starting off with Northeast, which is great. Perfect. But okay, let's go. Let's go talk to Mamie Hughes about about Kansas City's East Side community yes. and and what happened down there. Maybe mm-hmm. you know Waldo, Brookside, and the various different parts of the city mm-hmm. that that are you know you never get to learn about them. Mm-hmm. And this this I think that rotating gallery. I think space. that's going to be a home run. Yeah, I mean I think about you know Senator Wilson in the Leeds area. You know, dedicated apartment her name she's no longer with us but that mm-hmm. was a pretty neat part of the city the Leeds area down by the Leeds assembly plant right Liberty Park is there today which now is Yvonne Wilson Starks Park of course mm-hmm. but you know show, and, then, and then, then eventually there'll be a, a Brookside or there'll be a Roanoke or something but no I think that's a good and that's the storyline you need because once your neighborhood is on display and once you focus on it People are not going to hesitate to come if they live out in Waldo, for example. Right. They'll be here. Or Lawrence. Yeah, you've captured them is what you've done. Mm-hmm. So come and learn, learn about your neighborhood. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, maybe learn some secrets well, that you I didn't know. It's also you'll learn about the other museums in town. Mm-hmm. So you might even bring some people from out of town, and they might stop here first. Mm-hmm. And then they'll learn about the World War mm-hmm. Museum, mm-hmm. Uh, the Nelson, the Kemper, mm-hmm. um, some of the historical homes in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the, and we haven't talked about him yet, but one of the, I think one of the key partners is, uh, Dr. Gene Chavez. Yes. Is, and what he's bringing to the table, not just in the past with mm-hmm. the, the, the Mexican and the Hispanic yeah, Latino so baseball. baseball leagues, yeah. That was a great but he's, yeah. he's coming back and he's working with, mm-hmm. uh, Bob Kendrick mm-hmm. and the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. So he's curating that and the Kansas City Museum is going to be a partner with that. So there's another mm-hmm. whole. Well, that was a tie to the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Um, when he brought some of his artifacts and they were there, mm-hmm. that will encourage people to come to Kansas City. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you create those connections is what you do. Okay, so we have baseball in Kansas City. We think about the Royals. There's going to be some things in this exhibit about the Royals. We, mm-hmm. know, we know the history of the Royals. And then if you have uh, you know an activity related to the Royals, maybe it's the All-Star Game again, or maybe it's a World Series, something needs to happen here at the same time. And ties back to the Negro Leagues baseball and Bob Kendrick here ties mm-hmm. back to so she was a trooper and all that too and so I think about that and the history and Ryan DePasco I think we did we do something for Senator DePasco down here and you know the history yes. of that and then mm-hmm. Carl I mentioned and Cliff Drive so there's a lot of the Northeast is the place to be you know and I know you guys have been really focusing on that whether it's on the drive or and getting up here is important we've got to deal with some parking of course but that's a good problem 
Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, where are you going to park all the school buses? Well, we'll figure it out. You know, and uh, but those are things you can address as time goes on. Well, when you have when you when your first yoga event mm-hmm. draws over five hundred people, <laughs> yeah, and they found yeah. a place to park, you figure it out, and yeah. Yeah, and it worked, and everybody was happy. Yeah, you know. you so out. that's a good thing because it brings vibrancy in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's important to to do that. So it's uh, we're excited. Good deal. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that was former city architect Eric Bosch and former Parks and Recreation Director Mark McHenry. We thank them for their time and expertise as we anticipate the museum's grand reopening later this fall. Mm-hmm.